Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rarebirds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you're you are moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we are storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market Mm. Uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul. You just say, you know, let's change Africa or a solution for Africa or, or something like that because um, it's really just, just dopamine driven conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for Africa because Africa, Africa is not really, there is no one solution that works for Africa. Right now, um, we believe that the robotic arm, especially, is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two years, scale to like maybe a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are, people really are carefully spending the few dollars they have. Welcome back to the continuation of Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, a collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. Startup Lounge Africa is a platform designed to encourage sustainable and collaborative growth of startups in Ghana and across the African continent. Their most recent initiative, Utana Africa, is a platform designed with an all-in-one solution to facilitate sustainable and exponential growth processes for African businesses. The 54 Days Across Africa tour is aimed at highlighting startups from across the African continent. We're now on the East Africa block of the tour and you will hear me in conversation with seven startup founders hailing from Ethiopia, Kenya, South Sudan, Rwanda, Malawi, and lastly, Uganda. If you have not already done so, please listen in to the previous episodes, numbers 198 through 202, 
to hear from the founders of Startup Lounge Africa, Prince and Samuel, as well as to listen in to some of the startups featured in the West Africa block of the tour. So from our data left, getting into the data, mining the data, we did realize that uh, there's a need for an artificial intelligence, a capability tech commands that can help customers simply solve these problems without even them getting to the store. Then we have orthopedic. These have to do with bones. If you break a limb, uh, what kind of product do you need for your elbow or for your knee? Um, yeah, for different joints have different orthopedic products. When we first came up with this event planning business, our main aim was to become the biggest event planner in Africa. And after achieving that, we can promote Africans' culture, Africans' talent, and Africans' Africans heritage to the global audience. That's why we want to join the event planning business. So we really got interested from there. Uh, we told them about tech, so the deaf were like, they really got excited. They told us, ah, if you guys are really doing something about tech, why can't you just come and start working with us? Because we've been wanting someone who can assist them, especially on the technical bit. So we are growing. Uh, we are babies, but we will continue to grow as, as a nation. And I believe that going forward five, six years from now, we'll, we'll have a different Malawi. We, we also train them on to how they can respond to the customers, how they can respond to these uh, to, 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 to deliveries that they're supposed to do. So it is them, it is the riders and the passengers telling them where they wanted this to go and where they wanted you know, their, their, their delivery to be done. We are rebuilding the all-in-one platform uh, for freelancing, uh, outsourcing, remote working alongside with talent development and workforce management solutions for businesses and African talents. Greetings, Ronex, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. Greetings, Joanne. Thank you so much for welcoming me here into your new podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. So, Ronex, tell everyone, where are you joining us from? Uh, Joanne, I'm actually based in Malawi, Southern Africa. Uh, this is where we are also operating our business, my wallet. Yeah, you're my first guest from Malawi. Welcome, welcome, Malawi. Yay. That is amazing. I used to work, I used to have a colleague when I used to do um, consulting and so on for for um, what was called then back nonprofits. I used to have a, a colleague from Malawi. He was the only person I ever met from Malawi. <laughs> So you're my oh, second wonderful. person I've ever met in my life from Malawi. Yeah, lovely to have you on yeah, the show. It's a privilege to be the first there, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. So Ronix, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Ronix? A little bit about you outside of uh, me. Is it me or my wallet? How do you pronounce it? It's my wallet. My wallet. Most people just uh, pronounce it me wallet so we let, we just let them do that it, it's fine How, however they like to pronounce it uh, as long as that's how they're reading it and that's how the accents allow them to pronounce it so it's me yeah, wallet it's, but because it's pronounced it's spelled mi so i'm not sure yeah. if that you know me or my so that's what i'm asking but okay my wallet 
Really? So tell us about you outside of my wallet. Who is Ronix Wataya? Uh, I'm a father of one. Uh, Congratulations. A <laughs> I'm a bodybuilder body and a martial artist. Um, I love health and wellness programs. I initiate some of them here in Malawi. Cool. I'm also a coach, a fitness coach. Uh, so that's me outside of my wallet running my day-to-day life. I'm 28 years old. Um, I was actually at a National College Information, uh, I was actually at National College of Information Technology. That's where I graduated, I got my computer science degree. So that's pretty my life, uh, my background and uh, outside of my tech, tech world. It's nice to, I love when I, when founders tell me, you know, they do this, they do that, they have hobbies, they do things outside of building their startups, because startups can be all encompassing. And um, usually when I ask founders, tell me about you, they, they tell me about their degrees and what they're doing and so on. But you've been one of the one of the first really to kind of start with your hobbies. So that's interesting. I love that. And I like working out too. I like working out and I love I did I did nine kilometers this morning. I ran nine wow. kilometers this morning. Amazing. You are fit. I'm trying to be. I, I try to push myself in a lot of different ways. Like I do I do duathlons, running and cycling. I picked up cal- uh, calisthenics for a while, but uh, I had to drop it. My body was always sore. I think I wasn't eating the right foods. So I do weight training. Yeah, I do a lot of things. I, I like to push push the body. It's good to to see how far the body can go and keep oneself healthy. So I like that you are into health and fitness as well. Even though sometimes I feel like I'm falling apart, it's it's all good, right? Uh, <laughs> that's nice. It's a, it's a lifestyle. So you know, today can you know you can have sunshine today. Tomorrow you can have cloudy days. But just don't quit. You know. Absolutely. Just keep on going. Uh, it should be just a lifestyle. It should be part of you. It should Definitely. be your life. It is. Yeah. It is because when I don't physically, when I'm not physically active, I feel, I feel different. I act different, and my body tells me you haven't done anything today. So, yeah, it's definitely a part of who I am for sure. So that's yeah. cool. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Thank you. So, Ronix, tell us about yes. my wallet. What is the story behind my wallet? All right. Uh, thank you. My wallet um, is a digital mobile money wallet, in short, introductory. So my wallet actually focuses uh, on uh, delivering tap to pay payment services. So this is when uh, this is when actually a user of my wallet is able to pay in a grocery store or marketplace with their devices, a mobile phone. So they have to wave their smartphone on a point of sale, or they have to wave it on a card that has a QR, you know, account information. So it's more of a contactless payment uh, system. Uh, my wallet uh, was started in 2019 and uh, with the other two co-founders, Nasson and um, Lovemo. So we came up with this idea and then we, we tried it. We tried uh, creating a prototype, then took a few tests. Uh, that's when we decided to take it further and uh, talking to other stakeholders in the financial industry who were equally interested in supporting us. So 
this is this is how my wallet was born. So we have been developing my, my wallet for about two years now. It's not yet on the market, actually, though we have a bitter taste uh, that people are actually using about 200 users that we have now, but it's only for testing purposes before we actually roll it out officially, but it's all complete and done. And when do you guys so, plan to, when do you, I'm sorry, Ronix, when do you plan to roll it out officially then, since it's still in beta? Okay, we had we, we had planned to uh, roll it out in November, like this month, but we have other partnership talks that have hold us back with some other banks that are also interested to partner with us. So we had to hold it. Uh, we cannot release it when we have other contracts being negotiated, uh, of which we also, also try to incorporate their services into my wallet and my wallet into their services. So we had to hold it back. Okay, uh, can we just delay a bit until maybe January? So we are hoping that in January, we should be able to roll it out officially. Okay, great. So my wallet is a FinTech company. Yeah, it is a fintech company. Okay, so usually the next question I would ask is what problem is your startup solving? But I won't ask that. I think that's a redundant question in this instance. So how about you tell us, how does money move? What are the payment systems like in your country? So we can get an idea of the role my wallet is playing in that. All right, um, in Malawi, uh, we mainly lean on banks you know the banks are the major players in the ict and, and financial sector in malawi we haven't had that um an advancement in the industry like adoption of fintech and uh, advanced technologies to handle the finances so we still have those old structures whereby money is moved cash in short with the involvement is for Citation of cash. So people bank go, go to the banking halls, they put in their money, they withdraw, they go to the marketplace, they buy their things, they, they trade, but the flow is cash. So that's our main uh, value that we have on the market. Uh, we have a few mobile money wallets uh, that have been ordered by mobile network operators, but their focus is also into banking. So there are more people can just keep the money in their wallets as, as a bank but a portable bank, and they can also go back to withdraw cash and use it for, 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 for whatever person uses they, they want to. So we feel like there's, there's that gap, um, a technology gap that we need to address, especially after COVID-19, we felt, okay, now that cash is also, is also, is also posing a risk of uh, transmitting the virus you know, within the community. So we thought if you can bring a cashless solution, that is a contest payment. So instead, instead of someone uh, going to the bank ATMs or to the mobile money networks uh, to withdraw cash, they can just use their smartphone to make a contactless payment without actually touching uh, whatever it is in the store. Just grab your item, go on the till or the counter and just pay by just you know, with your smartphone and off you go. So that's why we are integrating my wallet, all these mobile money services that are in the market right now in Malawi, including bank wallets. So someone can have an account with a bank and can register on my wallet and my wallet will be connected to their bank account. So they don't have to go to the bank with the cash, but they already have it in their my wallet account. So that's what we are, we, we are doing. That's, the, that's how we are moving money from their bank wallets uh, 
uh, from their bank accounts to, to the mobile money wallet, and then they pay cashlessly uh, on counter uh, or so on and so forth. Okay, now tell us, what would you say is the percentage of people in Malawi with a bank account? All right, um, in Malawi, looking at the numbers, the, the bank reports give annually, Mm -hmm. uh, we are looking at about maybe closely, because uh, according to Digital 2021 report, it shows that we have over 6 million uh, internet users so far in Malawi. In, an internet user is definitely someone who is, you know, bankable. Like that, that's, that's, that's the person who has money, they're, they're keeping the money somewhere else, that's, that's the bank or mobile money wallet somewhere else. So if you have 6 million, uh, population on internet, we are sure that we don't have less than 1 million uh, users or 1 million people who have their bank accounts with uh, local international banks in Malawi. So you're saying it, you're saying it's less than 1 million? It's over 1 million. Oh, it's over 1 million. Okay. And what is the yes. population? What is the population of Malawi? Is it 19 million? It's 20 million now. It's 20 million now. Okay. I was just trying to get an idea of, of how many people actually have bank accounts because, you know, um, yeah. in most cases, when we discuss fintech in Africa, we're dealing with the narrative of underbanked, underserved, Under or unbanked Under people. So I was trying to, I was trying to understand what what the situation is specifically in Malawi, uh, where where that narrative is concerned? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, pardon. What's that? I I was just uh, clarifying that the population is about twenty million now, and it's about twenty million now. It's growing every year. Okay, all right. So we understand then the role you're playing and the problem you're solving. But would you say that overall Malawi is a cash-based society like much of Africa? Yeah, yeah, it's cash-based. Malawi is cash-based society. And uh, that problem has been uh, articulated in several times in conferences. Uh, the Reserve Bank of Malawi has raised that concern as well so many times that we are not adopting, adopting digital uh, uh, options or alternatives to to make uh, payments or money transfers. So there's high circulation of cash, which is actually forcing Reserve Bank to be producing more notes, bank notes. So they're producing more bank notes, and now they are even uh, deciding to introduce a new note uh, on the market, which is uh, five thousand kwasha cash uh, note. So that's a new note that that they are introducing. Uh, coming two months. Mm. The whole reason behind it is a cash-based society. People are not, are not willing to move away from cash and there's high circulation of cash, which makes cash useless uh, over time. And it, it carries no value because now people will be forced to be carrying big bags of money when they just want to buy bread or something like that. Inflation, <laughs> hyperinflation, we know yeah, the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the inflation will follow up then. Yeah. Right, right. So you guys are trying to 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 bring this sort of tech revolution to Malawi. Are there others doing the same? Uh, currently, not to my knowledge, but um, 
maybe now that we have made noise about it, uh, we're expecting banks and other financial institutions to throw out their similar services like contactless payment. Okay. You know, yeah. And so in terms, we're expecting them to, to to come up with such innovations sooner or later. Okay. So tell me what 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 does your um what exactly does what does it enable it's it's payments uh can i also well not myself but can the users also make other kinds of payments or is it just strictly for like purchasing goods like what are the capabilities uh, all right thank you for that question uh no it's not just for the payments as i mentioned earlier it's, it's a mobile money wallet so mm -hmm. you can also also do peer-to-peer -peer money transfer you can send money to your family and friends Mm -hmm. uh, you can do international transfers so someone can send you money from anywhere around the world directly okay. to your wallet you can also receive money directly into your phone number through my wallet so this is also addressing to those people who have no bank accounts or other mobile money wallet accounts so they can still use my wallet to receive money or transfer money so we are targeting each and every from low to middle class all the way to higher class everyone need to have an access to my wallet we also have um, other programs in my wallet which are more like loyalty programs which uh, gives the users an access to small loans instant loans uh, that hasn't been available yet in malawi because most lenders are, are banks and they have those hefty requirements documentations collateral so people don't have access to to to, to loans whatsoever so there's high, you know, uh, the market of micro loans actually is growing. So it's just more like a peer-to-peer -peer money uh, kind of lending. So we are also creating that platform for users to be able to access such uh, finances. We also allow them to purchase uh, electricity units or water units. So those are utilities that they can also access on my wallet. So those are some of the services that we thought we cannot run away from. Uh, right in the app. Okay, yeah. and in what kind of are you are you having success with the banks? How is that going? Yeah, we're actually having success because of our central bank. So you know we have that policy that has been formulated by Reserve Bank of Malawi that um, once uh, a fintech or a financial institution is established or a startup, once they get registered with them, you have to interoperate with with uh, each and every financial institution in the country so mm. they have no choice they have to, they still have to work with us because if they say no then we'll have to report them to central bank saying okay these guys rejected us so i hope you don't sue us tomorrow that we didn't to try to work with them so there's that policy so everyone now is flexible to give up their apis for integrations so mm. you can make the transactions seamlessly across the banks and the other mobile money wallets so thanks to reserve bank for coming up with that policy it's actually making work easier because now we don't have to hustle to get the apis from the banks yeah right so, so. there's so the, re the regulation is positive it's in favor of businesses yeah. like yourself yeah and they have created a very good environment for fintechs because oh, they don't okay. pose um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of requirements from our side because you're not banks so they just go through our documents and our system the security and if you're okay then they give a, they give out a license to operate in the market so they haven't been harsh on our side. Great. So the banks are offering their they're open with their APIs. You can build. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was to my surprise too. I thought it's, it's, it's going to be issues, but where too few was 
two meetings, three meetings, and they agree with you, like, okay, we are doing business. As long as you're paying us something a little <laughs> to use our service, that's the condition they give you. Oh, so it's excellent. more like they want to do business with fintechs. I think that's they're good. opening up to technology advancement. So it's a good development on that part. What is, um, again, as we're talking about uh, about fintech, I just want to pop this question in. What is the the Malawian government's position on digital currencies, for example? And To be honest, uh, Malawian government is not doing much on that okay. side. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I don't even think we're even thinking about that right now. So CB, <laughs> CBDCs and that kind of thing are just not on the agenda. They are not on the agenda. They are trying, but they just don't know how or where. So, so okay. we just have these corporates, the private sector that is just, you know, facilitating these developments. By the government side, to be honest, they are not. But the private sector is pushing hard on, on, gotcha. on the agenda. Okay. Yeah. No, so the government is making no, because as we're talking fintech, I mean, um, you know, it's good to cover all these angles, right? Because it's all kind of connected, the whole ecosystem. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your team. Who's behind my wallet? All right. So um, I'm, I I founded my wallet. So, you know, Ronix, that's more of a, I'm also the CEO of my wallet. And then uh, I introduced uh, my wallet to other two friends of mine who were also interested to join hands with me. And they they, they are now the shareholders of, of my wallet, both of them. And we have grown our management team to about nine, nine management members. And we are also recruiting our interns and uh, other interested uh, young people, because my focus is on young people. You know, developing the young people. You know, teaching them, training them, and uh, you know, giving them that motivation, and encouragement that you know you don't have to be an expert to to, to join these kind of uh, startups or investment plans. But they are all willing to work with us. The good, good, good talents from universities. So we are still growing our team. So collectively, I can say we are about dating uh, with the new recruits uh, who are helping us to expand uh, and uh, facilitate market inception. Got it. Okay. Now, when it comes to fintech in Africa, I'm sure you've been hearing the news of all the unicorns, many of them coming out of Nigeria, right? So yes. names like Interswitch and Flutterwave, and um, there's just a lot of big giants. Uh, there's Opay, there's Wave, um, who else is there? Paystack, a lot of sort of West Africa, right? I think there's some coming out of Egypt, but basically all around Africa, Fintechs are sort of like, I guess, the emerging sort of unicorns. And I think that's where a lot of funding and a lot of um, attention is going. So what do you think the situation is going to be like where you are in sort of southern, I guess, southeastern Africa? Because we don't hear a lot about um, Malawi. So or even like Mozambique and, and these countries um, when it comes to fintech. So what do you think is, is going to be the future of fintech in, in places where you come from in Africa? I think uh, it's a matter of starting. Mm. That's why we, we, that's why we are bold enough to start, to start it because um, I think we have been behind for a long period okay. of time. Okay. 
we have been here for a long period of time. So we need pioneers. So that's why we are here. And I believe that many people will be inspired as well. And they will start, you know, building their own fintech startups. Um, and we know that we are sending a message to them that it is possible. It is possible. Most of these things people thought maybe they only belong in UK or the West Africa or South Africa. Nobody knew that we can actually, even in Malawi, start using uh, or convert our, our, our smartphones to act like cards. You know, people are aware of the, the bank cards or how you swipe on the POS machines or so. But now we show them that, you know, it's, it's possible to integrate all these services at lower cost and uh, you can use these smart devices, you know, in many places and for different purposes. So I believe that this is the beginning and going forward and a lot of players will join the industry and there's gonna there's going to be a competition Mm. And, and this massive competition is also going to drive our economy. And maybe, maybe who knows, maybe we'll, we'll start exporting these products to our neighboring countries, Mozambique, Zambia, you know, we never know. But uh, we have those expansion plans already, of course, in place, because I've, I've seen it that uh, the fintech industry is also attracting a lot of investors. We have, mm. we have received uh, a, few, a few grants from, mm-hmm. from the government side and World Bank. So you, you know that interest that they're developing in us, like that, that trust they have in us. We, we know that it will also inspires others, okay? This yeah. works. So yeah. let's build a better man, let's build a financial sector, let's build a, our technologies that uh, they facilitate and automate other, other services and make life easier going forward. So we are growing, uh, we are babies, but we'll, we'll continue to grow. As, as a nation, and I believe that going forward, five, six years from now, we'll, we'll have a different Malawi. We'll, we'll speak in different, we'll be speaking a different language when it comes to fintech industry. So that's my right. hope. And my right, thought. right. And you mentioned what I was going to ask, which is, do you have plans to add uh, additional services and to expand beyond Malawi? It sounds yes, like you we do. do have those plans. We do have those plans. Okay, great. So we'll look up. So we'll, yes. yes. I, I, I just wanted to stress uh, this other um, finance company from Botswana was even interested for franchise. So okay. it means they're also interested in this product. So that's a market that they're showing us there. So we never know. We might just go there ourselves and be like, okay, <laughs> maybe there's a market here too. So we will have those plans in place of uh, scaling our products and services to other countries. Okay, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So what I want to know right now is what are some of the major challenges that you've experienced to date uh, since you started building my wallet? All right. Um, I think first challenge that uh, I faced when I was building my wallet uh, is uh, awareness. You know, when something is new, it, it's hard for people to understand and, and actually adopt it. They don't actually understand what you're trying to do. And it was hard. It was hard to, to reach out to investors or stakeholders and try to convince them that, you know, we, we are coming up with this and we need support. We need we need you. We need you to do this, you know, help us out, wish to more people and, you know, any support that we can get from government and these big, big, big corporations that uh, have been in the industry for so long. So we had that resistance for, 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 from, from the sector, not from the market, because we didn't have that product at that time. So we have we had the resistance. So uh, what, what I understood was the awareness. 
the awareness of this whole fintech evolution that we that we were lacking that time in 2019 and 2020 but um after COVID-19, as I mentioned, I think COVID-19 also opened up eyes for more people. A lot of people now, they appreciate the technology, I think because of COVID-19. It was now we had all those you know, lockdowns, closed shops, people selling their products online. So people now, we, we, we are looking for alternatives of making payments, online transactions, delivery services. So it's like people were shifting from from their traditional ways of doing things into new tech ways of doing things. So we had that challenge, but uh, going forward, we are also, we have been, been also facing uh, investment challenges. So you, this is, uh, you know, Malawi as a, as a nation, being a developing country, we have few investors. Actually, investors who can be willing to invest in risky businesses. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mobilizing resources to build this project and the company has been a challenge for us because now we had to be, you know, making our own money from other, you know, minor, minor projects. And then after that, then we, we put the funds into my wallet company and uh, the grants have just started up to show up, but it's that's recent. But for the past two years, we've been relying on ourselves to, to make sure that the projects uh, keep going. So we don't have that access to investors or investment funds. So that's that, that slows down the progress, to be honest. It slows down because you have this projected uh, period of time where you'd be like, okay, maybe by six months we should be here. But because of some of the other constraints that comes uh, because of financial uh, struggles, then you have to extend, you have to be forced to extend that period until you are all settled. Yeah, so that has been our main challenge as well. Um, only uh, only uh, regulation, uh, that one I've already stressed out, it hasn't been a challenge to, to our side. The regulation has been very flexible. The, the Reserve Bank of Malawi has been friendly and uh, accommodative. Uh, the banks as well, they have been accommodative. But those are few struggles that we've been fighting uh, with for the past two years. The awareness and uh, uh, the investment, access to investment funds. Yeah, you know what what you mentioned about uh, investing in particularly local capital. Um, the, what you've expressed is something that a lot of founders from the African continent share with me, which is that what the capital that exists locally, they just don't invest in startups. They're they're more likely, and what they do is not more likely, but they do invest in assets such as real estate, for example, brick and mortar assets things they can touch and feel, those which are tangible. Yeah, which they see as less as less risky. Do you think in Malawi, it's a matter of just educating them on startups? Perhaps they just don't, they don't understand the startup investing as an asset class, or do you think it's just, it's a mindset or what do you think it is? I think it is a mindset. Hmm. I think it's mindset, um, uh, if you can have mindset change uh, or, I would say maybe because we haven't convinced them yet that they we we are in, we can be invested in how uh, they can put their, their resources into our businesses. So it could be either way that we have not convinced them to that level they can list their funds into our businesses or just need that mindset change. Mindset change, yeah. Well, hopefully that will all fall into place with time. Um, I think um you need those success stories first, like yours. 
you'll be the first one and then that'll open open the gate and create more opportunities and then slowly things things will change right yes yeah now the final question i like to ask every founder that comes on the podcast is you mentioned a lot of the challenges now with challenges comes lessons so what would you say are is the most important or impactful or memorable lesson that you've learned to date since you started building since you and your team have started building my wallet uh, uh patience patience i think patience uh is one of the greatest um i would say value that someone can actually I, I, I should should okay this is a must because you, you need to be patient yeah so, uh, we have been patient for, for for a long time we have been believing that it's, it's going to work someday and we keep on working despite all other struggles and challenges so patience is what i've learned in this process and patience. um yes, indeed uh, i agree with you on that oh thank you so much it's easy to give and, up uh, but you have to be patient you have to be patient. Yeah, patient. If you're patient, you keep going. If you're if you're patient enough, because you know things will balls will come in like fireballs. You meet a lot of challenges. You know, life is just like that. It, it is never a straight line kind of direction. So you always have those zigzag paths. You have those rejections from the industry, and then you be having discouragements. Yeah. So patience is one thing that I've learned the most in this process. Definitely. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Ronix to share the journey of my wallet. And you did say that you were supposed to launch in November, but you said, I think you said you're looking for January, right? Yes. Okay. So when you do a launch, we, I, myself and everyone listening in wishes you all the best. And where can Thank people you. find you? How can we reach out to you? The rare ones who are listening in, uh, can they follow you on social media? Can they send you an email? A web, do you have a website yet or anything like that? Yeah, of course we have a website, um, we, um, com. I'm also found on LinkedIn. You know, if you search Ronix Wataya, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on Instagram, but the problem with Instagram is not Ronex Wataya. The profile is Big Ron Fitness Pro because I mentioned earlier, I'm a fitness guy. Mm. <laughs> so he, the name of um, my, my handle on Instagram is Big Ron Fitness Pro, but on LinkedIn is Ronex Wataya. And your uh, website yes. is M-I-W-A-L-L-E-T Malawi.com. Malawi MW. It's just MW. MW stands for Malawi. MW. Oh, the actual country. Ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So my wallet MW.com. MW.com. Got it. Okay. Brilliant. So people can go there to find out more. Okay, yeah. here it is. I'm on it right now. Bank with my wallet. Download the app. So people can download the app and and play around and, and see everything that you're doing. You get, oh, quick loans, lots of interesting things on here. Cool. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. All right. And until next time, Thank folks, you. bye for now. Thank you so much. Bye.
We're ones. Thanks for listening in to Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, in collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. I look forward to being with you again next week as we continue hearing from some of the startups featured on the East Africa block of the tour. In the meantime, visit the Kutana Africa platform at www.kutanaafrica.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, do share it with your friends. Visit the Rarebirds platform to learn and hear more from startups in emerging markets. Download our podcast episodes by visiting the website at www.rarebirdshq.com. You can also listen in via iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join our growing global community of rare ones by subscribing to our weekly newsletter on our website and visit our shop to purchase some rare gear for yourself or as a gift for your friends. Thanks again for listening in and until next time, rare ones. Bye for now.